finally we get this fucking train wreck over with. Yeah, we this the this this hailstorm of bullshittery is finally finished. I'm ready. I'm so ready to recap this three hour finale that could have been an email. Um Do we have to. We have to, Billy. It's for the people. Really? We could wrap this up like really quickly. Um I We could wrap this up really quickly and do the Wendy Williams voice. Does she deserve to suffer? Does she deserve to suffer? suffer. (laughs) Um, yeah, but I feel like that's how we started episode. That's now going to turn into like three hours. I feel like that was you just jinxed us. But (laughs) I have a lot of notes about this. Actually, the episode starts. Who's this voice narrating? I was thinking that too. I don't know. I, I don't know. What do you think about it? I was very confused. I was like, I can't even pay attention to any of this because I don't know who this is. Why is Tasha Adams not doing this? Why Why is Caitlin? Why are they not going back and forth? Yeah. Why is random dude speaking? I, it doesn't it's, make- Yeah, because it's the voice of the patriarchy. And they're like, they just need you to know that the puppet masters up top are fucking men. And don't they're you still, get it confused? <laughs> yeah, don't you, for, don't you forget who's still running this show. Absolutely. I mean my first memory is like they they go and there's the two dudes on the couch and it was like my i just thought it was so funny that like i don't know Tasha and caitlin come out to talk to them and we're all just like waiting for her to say that oh by the way like the show's over go home like because greg right. left yeah and she's like greg left you still you're still here she still wants to have a date with him and neither of them look excited. They yeah. both disappointed. Like Justin, I think Justin realizes he's like, fuck, like I have to have an overnight with her <laughs> and I don't know her. He looks like, I can't believe I have to have sex with her. This is not what I was ready for. I don't really know much know this woman. What do I have to do? I was I, really oh. studying both of their faces and I, I went back and watched it a couple of times to gauge both of their reactions because <laughs> I was trying to tell if they were really surprised like because they both put on a lot honestly if you look at both of their expressions like they both have a very expressive reaction to that news and I think they both did seem like stressed out I think definitely Blake more than Justin because Blake knew that his relationship with Katie was way more like um like serious than Justin's where Justin was like it's so funny Blake Justin's like, oh shit, are we gonna have to hook up? And Blake's like, oh shit, I have to propose. Like, that was a bit. Like, I just told the producers I was gonna propose at the end. I didn't know I was actually gonna have to do it. And here well, it Justin's is. like, I'm gonna have to meet this girl's family that I don't even, like, <laughs> know. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, imagine if Justin had had to talk to Aunt Lindsay. Yeah, dude. He <laughs> Imagine the facials. Imagine the gifts. That, yeah, wow, that is a shame, actually. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely were a loser there. Um, yeah. Well, you know what I noticed from Caitlin and Tasha? I thought, like, that's interesting too. Since you bring that up, like, that is like the first thing I wrote a note about too was Caitlin and Tasha come in. Tasha's wearing breakup blue, and Katie's wearing, and they're both wearing hoodies. And I was like, that's like Ka- uh, Katie's signature. Remember, like, she wears a hoodie to break up with you. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is interesting that the producer sent them in in hoodies and like Tasha specifically is wearing that light Blake breakup blue color that we know that everyone wears mm-hmm. in the franchise. 
I wanted Justin's green pullover that he was wearing on the couch. I was like adding that to my Amazon car right now. <laughs> Immediately like, yeah, this is something I got to buy for my boyfriend so I can steal it. Yeah. No, like straight to my closet. Um, yeah, that was another note I put. I was like, why are they overwhelmed that Greg's gone? <laughs> yeah, it was like, it's another instance where it's like, dude, are they actually even excited about going on a date with Katie? Or are they just bummed that their buddy Greg is gone? Right. Like, I feel or like- just like overwhelmed that like now one of them is gonna have to propose, and they were both like not counting on that. <laughs> like, yeah. it's I could see them both being like, "Oh shit!" I felt like Blake was like, "Oh shit, it's me." <laughs> Justin's like, "What yeah. am I still doing here? Should I have left?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, "So is this my cue?" Like, yeah. Should I just? I- he's like looking at the producers like. Yeah, he's giving him the same look he's given everybody the whole season with his huge eyes. And he's just like... Like, do you think I should still be here? Or like... Can you be on Punked and The Bachelorette at the same time? I think you I think you technically are. Is that Ashton? Do I see yeah. Ashton Kutcher in the background? Ashton Kutcher, yeah. I love that it goes from there to then, like, Katie and Blake's date. And I, like, I, I know we talk a lot about her outfits, but she comes out in that pink, like no sleeve shirt and she looks literally like she's so excited for fc ohio ball like bible camp this is such a deep cut like this is exactly what you wear when you go to church camp because you can't like it's just light enough it's like it just covers like that one part of your shoulder that really gets the boys going at church camp and so that's why you wear it it covers Um, that part of your body my notes about this outfit were atrocious and should uh-huh. Katie be prosecuted? The statute of limitations has not passed. It has not passed. It has not. She literally, and then she wore some jewelry, clunky jewelry with it. I was like, is this 2007? <laughs> Katie's season was actually filmed in 2007. And because of the COVID lockdown, they've just been holding on to it in a vault. This is gold. Yeah, this, this is, is a conspiracy <laughs> theory. When Katie gets ready, she's like, same jeans I wore last week. Check. Top your mom would call boring. Check. Matching bom- matching bomber jacket with the man I'm going on a date with. Check. check. Double check. <laughs> Double check. Looks in the mirror. Winks. All right. We're good to go, boys. She's like, if we match on every date, he'll never leave. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. oh. Her ultimate plan. Why did they do that to them? That was such a weird part of the season, actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah, that is funny. Her and Greg matched a lot. That was absolutely a conspiracy. You're telling me they... Her and Blake wore the same outfit. And Blake and and Justin wore the same outfit, too, at one point. They wore that green bomber jacket and white t-shirt. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, yeah. Now that comes back to me. Yeah, so... They all, I don't know. I don't know if this is like the Tyler C season where they just pass around a salmon jacket. Like, did everyone just pass around this bomber and white t-shirt? I don't know. Who's to say? Oh, I just thought that the first like 45 minutes was just like footed B-roll of Katie staring at her hands. (laughs) That's funny. Well, because I think Katie and Blake have like really good dates. Okay, so yeah, let's get into her and uh, Blake's date. Yeah. I thought she seems happy. It's like weird. It was like night and day. You think out of last week, Katie is going to be just full on like refilling a Zoloft prescription at the beginning of this episode, like mm-hmm. calling in sick. And then next thing you know, she's happy as a clam. Just a reminder, it literally was night and day. Like she had this huge episode. A day later, she's here with Blake. Like just remember that when we, for all the Katie apologists out there. Like, right. I wish I could bounce back like that. 
Yeah. Oh, I could never. <laughs> no, I've, yeah. I've, yeah. I've had hangovers last longer than Katie's heartbreak with Greg. Facts. Same. <laughs> same. Dude, but I thought it was funny too. Like, so I was going to say last week, their date where they throw darts at the balloons reminded me of the Princess Diaries. And then okay. this week, they did like a mix of that again because it's like the same date I'm thinking about from Princess Diaries where they throw. I think it's actually too. I haven't seen the Princess Diaries in too long, so it might not even be a date. I think it's like girls hanging out, but whatever they're doing is like super fun, and they like basically throw darts at balloons filled with paint in the Princess Diaries, and that's like a yeah. mix of what these last two dates have been with her and Blake, which is kind of funny to me. Where like this week, last week they were throwing darts at balloons, and this week they're playing with balloons filled with paint, and they're wearing all white, and I was like, that is actually fun. Yeah, that looks super fun. I want to do that. Yeah, that was that <laughs> was like. Great. That was a good date idea, I feel like, because also, like, I've always wanted to do that, but I feel like I don't want to do it with, like, paintballs, because, like, that, ow, because, ow, but yeah. with balloons. <laughs> we're, we're only a handful of seasons away from the Bachelorette just getting to shoot paintballs at the men naked in the desert. Like, oh, yeah, that's, absolutely. that's the progressive we're moving towards, where eventually yeah. she gets to line them up and say, factor, or, like, yeah. They're going to combine. Play factor cap and just shoot the men yeah. if she doesn't believe them. They're going to be doing forced nudity for forced violence dates combined. Shit. <laughs> I kind of like this idea. Why aren't we producers? No, we definitely should be. Uh, we know uh, religious manipulation better than anybody. Oh, yeah. Can't, no- can't nobody navigate a cold like we can. <laughs> I love that the first hot tub of the season is in the desert. Just, yes. So there's so many things. Like there, there wasn't a two-on-one date. This is our first hot tub. Like, it's just, it's crazy to watch how the norms are just, like, so right. gone. Yeah. All the things we're used to having, like, are gone. Like, fantasy suite, like, almost wasn't even a thing. Like, it's just, it's weird. It is interesting to talk about. Like, I mean, these bubble seasons have really changed the game. Like, yeah. the standard game has really been broken by COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, I mean, they're doing a good job of adapting. Oh, but- yeah. God, is it? Just, knows how to adapt to the times. Yeah, it's just it's just Our I don't Scientology. Know. Still making billions. I don't think they have billions. I think they lie about that. Yeah, I. I could go ask them. I was gonna say, do you want to? Are we gonna do? This is our second guest on the first impression roast. Is actually gonna be the Church yeah, right. of Scientology. David Miscavige, how do you, how do you feel? Yeah, right. Where's your wife? Where is Shelly Miss Cabbage? What if she was our first guest? That would be sick. <laughs> that would be sick. That, w- that would actually, that's like our dream guest. Get Shelly Miss Cabbage on first impression roast. Yes. She would be a perfect guest. She would be a great bachelorette. I wonder if she's been watching <laughs> The Bachelor from the cave they keep her in. <laughs> okay, but for real, when they're on this date, like. Yeah, what are your thoughts? I noticed, okay, so we're skipping out the hot tub. They're kind of talking being serious. And it's like. No, we should talk about that. Yeah, Blake is saying, like, exactly everything she wants to hear, but he can't look her in the eye yeah. and say all of it. Yeah. Like, he's 100% either, like, looking at the producers, winking, like, here you go, bud, or staring <laughs> at the water. Like, he he doesn't look her in her eyes as he's yeah. saying these things to her, and he's slowly building to the I love you. Like, he is avoiding the word. He's avoiding the word. He's giving a bunch of B-roll and then finally delivers it, and then when he's done, he, like, gives her a peek and he's like all right your your turn 
No, no, but I didn't want to skip the whole hot tub thing because remember, it's kind of important because the hot tub part is when she's telling him, okay, I have to tell you everything. And she like tells him how like Greg left and she thought she wanted to quit. And I thought you were talking about how he wasn't looking at her during that. Oh, he never, he doesn't really look at her a lot. Yeah, which I thought was weird too. And I thought it was, I just felt like that whole, the vibe was definitely weird. And you know, the producers, they manipulate us. So like the music under it was definitely weird. But, yes. like, the, it was also, like, definitely his face, too. Like, he was, like, closing his eyes during that part, and he wasn't looking at her. And it yeah. looked like he was – and I thought it was funny, too, because he makes a point. At least the producers, like, put him saying this right after that. But he says that he, like, had underestimated her feelings and how much she thought about Greg or, like, that she – he basically was, like, I, don't, I didn't know she was into Greg at all, like, which is kind of confusing because – it seemed at the beginning of this episode that like maybe him and Justin were really shocked that Greg left. Yeah. But That's then, also, but then all of a sudden Blake's like, "Oh, I didn't realize you had feelings for Greg at all like that." And I was like, "Well, and my note about those that was like Blake extremely underestimated her feelings for Greg, and I think that's really interesting to know that they're now currently engaged and in that situation Wait to wait to jump to the end. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert! If you're listening, spoiler to this, guys, got him. All right. I guess if you're listening to this, you've heard everything. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the only way. I mean, that is the that is a, a lot. Like to think that he had in that moment back then thought that it was weird that she even was thinking about leaving for Greg, and then to now be engaged to her after all of that, and wa- have watched this back. Like, how do you think he would feel now? Is kind of my point. Well, I don't know, because he does have that clip where he's just, he says, like, man, if she really feels this way about Greg, I don't know if I can keep going. Or he's, you know, that B-roll that they played all last yeah. week, he still hung up on Greg. So, I don't I don't know. I think he had an idea. He might have been playing that up a little bit. I mean, yeah, he he's definitely, he's taking the game seriously. He understands the game aspect of it. And he is playing it every every moment he's there. I agree. Yeah, let's fast forward back to where you were talking about when Blake, yeah, can't look at Katie to tell her. And it takes him a long time to get it out. He says a lot of things. Yeah. Um, where he tells her that he loves he said her. Every, he said every word in his vocabulary. <laughs> like all all 30 words he knows, he said yeah. to her in that moment. When he ran out of adverbs, he was like, I just got to say I love you at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I got, I got the home run ball and that's about it. I thought it was funny that Blake said he knew he loved her when she school scored a goal and yelled, go America. That was cute. He's like, what I, I like that. That's a cool girl is a girl who celebrates American imperialism. That's, oh God. A little bit, but no, I was like, okay, that feels real. Cause like, yeah. you know, you can point to an exact moment and I feel like that's a really relatable thing where it's all of a sudden you're just like, oh shit. Like, oh, this just hit. And you're just like, oh, I'm fucked. Like yeah. in that moment when you're dating someone, you're just like, oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, this this could yeah, get really no, bad. I think you're right. Like in hindsight, it was kind of telling, if not just good play, that Blake had a specific moment that he pointed to that was like when he knew, oh, yeah, I love her. Yeah, that's a good. I don't know. I, I, th- I felt it was genuine. I don't think it was a play. I really liked it. I was I, it was one of those moments where I was just like, OK, this makes me buy into the love story. Okay, so what made what did you think about Katie telling Blake, I fucking love you so much? Okay, see, that was the that was the thing. I was like, even before that, as she's talking, I'm like, I'm watching this woman respond to Blake more the day after 
she had this, you know, everything she thinks about Greg fall apart. It was like, she's responded to him more than she ever did to Greg. Yeah. At least ever that we saw, like, with, like, real legitimate feelings. I was just like, dude, I, to me, this moment, we don't have to keep talking about it, but this moment is, like, what was like, all right, yeah, I don't understand how anybody can be on Katie's side anymore. I was right. just like, this, this gives me everything to that. I'm like, all right, Greg was right. Greg knew she wasn't 100% in this that he was like, she had a chance to be other things. And he's like, this is my boundary. I don't want to get hurt. And he left at the right time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, no, she, I completely agree. My, my first response, like I saw this, I was like, yeah, I kind of want to tar and feather Katie. Cause like, she didn't like Greg. I, I just don't believe that she actually really liked Greg. I don't right. know. Well, th- I mean, that's what I feel like the first time I watched this, I thought it felt really desperate when she said that I felt like she felt like, Oh, I felt like she felt like she had to say it because Greg had left and how it that had gone down with her not reciprocating the feelings. Okay. So to me, it felt desperate. And the second time I watched it, I felt like maybe she it felt more genuine from her. And I okay. was like, well, I'm trying to be honest about my bias, but I still do kind of feel that it doesn't add up again. And why, like, I, I respect... You, I would have respected Katie having that boundary, as everyone calls it, of I'm not going to tell anyone I love them till the end out of respect for everyone else here if she had stuck to that at all. Or, or if she had ever stated that before. Like, Agree. And that's I'm, funny. I'm that's actually, yeah, go ahead, Bill. No, I'm a big believer that like boundaries change. And like, I think oh. this is like, this is something I have in my personal relationship. My lady and I have a check in. Like every Monday we go, we make a charcuterie board before we watch The Bachelor and we have like a check-in and we talk and we say like, hey, I felt really loved when this happened. I, I didn't like when this happened. Like, here's how I'm staying about things. Here's something new, a new boundary I need or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we are constantly updating like the boundaries and terms kind of of our relationship. So I, I stand by that. But she, Greg didn't even know last week that that was a thing she was doing. Like until day two, she comes in she's like, oh, by the way, I have this boundary. And he's just like, since when? Since when? And why wasn't this explained or communicated to me? Right. Until like, after he's told her that he's in love with her. And then she's like, yeah. I have this thing where I'm not doing that. And it's like, and here's my thing about that too, is that people, two things can be true. And like people can have boundaries that conflict with each other. And yes. Katie can have a boundary that she didn't want to share that with someone till the end. And that can be completely fine. And <laughs> Greg can have a boundary where when he expresses his feelings of love that he needs to be met at that same place and to have words of affirmation. And if he doesn't have that, he's not able to stay in the relationship. And those can be true. And it doesn't make either of them bad people. It doesn't make either of them wrong. But then the right thing to do in that situation is to like walk away. Yes, exactly. And so like that was the right thing for Greg to do. Like Greg had every right to say... I acknowledge your boundary, but like, I just want to have an honest conversation with you about our feelings and not about this process that we're in. And Katie couldn't do that. Yeah. And I wish that she was just honest about that instead of getting so defensive. But I think like, we'll keep talking about this. I was going to say this, this is something we should say for um, our our last bit of the show. Yeah. We'll keep talking about this because we haven't even gotten to that. We we all know that in the finale, like at the end of this episode, we're not going to be talking about her and Blake living happily ever after. We're going to be talking (laughs) about her and Greg. 
Right. So, which is which is also telling, I feel like, of a season. But, yes. um, Katie, it's so funny because, like, yeah, it, they show us Katie telling Blake, I fucking love you so much. I, you know, would love to be stubborn and hold on to that boundary, but I'm not going to. This is how I feel. And it flashes back to Caitlyn at the uh, AFR, and she literally laughs and goes, what a turn of events, because yeah, it's ridiculous. It. And I and I noted that. I was like, yes, like, even Caitlyn, because Caitlyn Bristow has no filter, and she can't help but be honest. And so Caitlyn Bristow, under it all, even when she's lying, she can't help but be honest. And yeah. she's like, yeah, that, what a turn of events. Like, wow, how the tables have turned quickly, because it's ridiculous that after that episode ending with her wanting to leave because of Greg and literally begging for him on her knees that she's now has no problem telling Blake that he's, she's fucking in love with him and he's the one. Yeah. He's all she wants. Right. Exactly. He's still there, but we've <sighs> all but forgotten that. Yeah. It's so frustrating. I don't and get it. It, it yeah. doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense to me. We can talk about it more once we get to when they're on the hot seat. But okay. I'm, I'm ready to talk about. So they have their like fancy suite, right? At this point, or is this after they meet the family? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the morning after their fantasy suite. Yeah. Um, did you notice that as they entered the room to the fantasy suite, that there's a bottle of maple syrup right by the bed? I didn't. You didn't? It's one of my favorite little. I was like, oh, the producers put a nice little, little, little touch there. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah I there's know. A, yeah, there's a thing of maple syrup right by his Of back. course they do. Um, I love when they, You what? The, the producers are such trolls. I know. It's great. I just also, like, the whole... You can hop in after this, but, like, I've seen Blake's nipples more than I've seen my family in the past five years. Like, this man, this man refuses to wear a shirt. I even have a note somewhere. I was like, this... Blake refuses to wear a shirt even underneath his hoodie. Like, he just is, like... Always, yeah. Always shirtless, yeah. all the time, and I'm like, yeah, this is 100 what he would do. He would be like coming in, bringing breakfast to her, spilling like coffee and maple syrup all over the bed, all over his chest. I was like, this man, they're great nipples too. I mean, good for him. I get it. They're they're nice. They're 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 great size. Good for buddy. But like, he's just constantly free the nipple. Out. I thought it was hilarious. He says free the nipple. Free the yeah, dude. Free the nipple. I thought it was funny in the next morning that he was like, she made me feel like I'm the only person here. And I was like, I mean, you are though. Like, I mean, Justice. Okay, at this point, like- buddy, I don't know if you notice yet or not, but you kind of are. But I thought that was funny. Okay. And then, and she says too, like during an ITM, during this like morning part, she says that she knew like at dinner that she just, she, that's when she knew that she just wanted him. Yeah. So his was a cute little date, and hers was like, hey, it was down to you and Justin, and I just knew it wasn't Justin. And when you were, like, okay with the fact that I wanted to leave yesterday, I was like, he's the man that I love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I This guy will tolerate me, and that's what I'm really looking for in a relationship. Yeah. At my worst. Hey, you know. Please do. Um, so the weird thing after this too is then Katie goes into a like she puts on her you know third best beige sweater and she goes into a, a library with Caitlin Bristow and she's like trying to convince the fourth audience that she's in love I think yeah oh yeah yeah I buy that that was definitely an audience play yeah 
yeah. I thought it was funny too. Like Katie's haircut looked like it. She was like a, the lead singer of like All Time Low or something. Yeah, she does look like Alex Gascard. That's really funny. <laughs> the whole like, 2009 thing where it's like I like it literally. It's, not a phase, seventh, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, in my seventh grade picture, I look the same. Where I have like my side part is so extreme, and then like these choppy ass layers. Yeah. But yeah, it's just weird. It, I thought that was a weird moment where her and Caitlin are having a conversation about how she... Right, well, because this was a really weird edit, because they do that, and then she goes, and they start showing her talking to Justin. Like, they start walking together. And it's, like, crazy, because it also looks like Justin's wearing Katie's clothes. Like, she's worn that outfit that he's wearing there. And this is the <laughs> nicest outfit she's ever worn to break up with someone. Like, and they, they talk. I, don't, I just thought that editing was weird, that we, like, kind of jumped to this point now. Like, now we're saying yeah, bye no. to Justin. It was a weird editing. It was just like, yeah, it wasn't like a usual finale in that way, I guess, a bit where it's just, I mean, you knew within like 45 minutes who she was going to pick of this three hour finale. Yeah. So that's boring. And yeah, I just felt like this whole finale was anticlimactic too after last week, which I was annoyed by. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, the, the finale wasn't, I don't, I want to almost jump into it because we're at 30 minutes and we're about ready to like, we have an hour worth of material to talk about. She refuses to jump a man, dump a man nicely. Like she's still not the best to Justin. It cuts to him on the hot seat. And it, it, that felt emotional. That felt real. I was like, damn, this really sucks. Like maybe he had some great moments and I'm like, oh, they're going to take a moment and really show like the cute dates they went on and their emotional times. And instead it's just, here's, 45 seconds of Justin's goofy faces. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, oh, yeah. You weren't even try- you're not even trying to show how, uh, why you kept him for so long. Like, they're not even trying to hide it. They're just like, all right, and here's Justin's face play. Yeah. He was an all-time player. Yeah. Um, one, he- in my opinion, Justin is one of two winners of this show, mm-hmm. of this episode and this season, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll speak about the other one at the end but i I think this gave him a really good edit i I hope he doesn't go in paradise i think this this gives his stock a lot of value for the franchise later on good for buddy he played a great game Mm -hmm. shout out to justin i thought yeah their breakup was awkward the way she said since she basically said since i'm in love with blake it wouldn't make sense for you to meet my family and it wouldn't make and i was like yeah katie like no shit katie yeah, she's just weird. She, she doesn't use the the best of words to break up with these dudes. Yeah, I thought that was funny. It was awkward, and it, it was funny too because Justin goes like, "I think it was in the, it was like definitely in the over, like in a ITM interview." But he's like, "We spent a month together." Right. It's like it's I've a- been less upset over guys I dated for like a year. Yeah. And Justin was upset about Katie after a month. Yes. Yeah, I was more upset when I lost my uh, pet piranha. When I lost, <laughs> RIP to all my piranha that died in my care in the year 2015. But like those, I was more upset about that. Than... How many piranhas died in your care in 2015? Seven. <laughs> Seven piranhas. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it was upsetting. You're basically a piranha killer. Well, a piranha they, were, they were like, they were cool. They were, I, they were vegan piranha. Um. They were, they, they only ate like dead worms and they got pretty big and they were happy and good, uh, you know, fluffy bunny turtle. Those were, those were great little 
my little babies. Um, they it, just, it, just turns, it turns out there's something about central Indiana that doesn't do well with uh, Peruvian fish. They just fish mm-hmm. in the Amazon don't really do well here in the Midwest. In the great um, Midwest. Yeah. Interesting. Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, that being said. <laughs> I thought it was funny too that Justin was like, I've always been told I'm expressive. And I'm, I'm, I've always been told that too. So I just wonder if I was on the show, if I would have a similar thing where I just realized that my face... Dude, he was so great because he's like, I'm realizing I'm expressive and immediately like hides his face. Like he spends like those next 30 seconds, like hand over his face, hand over his face as he's reacting. And then like every time you get, he moves his hand away. It's a new expression. And it's like, well done. Yeah. And he's, he's not really trying. It's just who he is. He's got big eyebrows and big eyes. It just works. Yeah, no, he's super funny. If he wasn't doing that on purpose, that was a great like luck. But um. I think it's genius in this day and age. That's like a perfect game to lean into because gifts and memes are everything. And if you can like become a meme, then your face is going to be everywhere. And yeah. that's going to get you a lot of like social currency. So he's like one of the best players from this season, I would say. Yeah, good way to get sneaky screen time. Yeah, as well. He made it to the top two. So Kate, or I think it was Caitlin. She goes, what could possibly go wrong? And then they segue into Katie uh, or Blake meeting Katie's family. Yeah, I could talk about this for so long. I loved, I did listen to Nick's podcast and she said something that I thought was so accurate. I was like, you really can't tell who people are until you meet their family. And she's specifically talking about their attachment styles. But like, oh my God. Like the second we started hearing from Katie's aunt and that was her mom, right? Yes. Katie's aunt and her mom. I was like, okay, so this is why Katie is the way she is. Like, this yeah. makes sense to me. I was like, I didn't need anything else. I could have gone without the rest of the season. Like, you could have shown me her mother and her aunt, and I would be like, I can build this woman for you. I can tell you exactly who she is and exactly what she acts like. I, uh, like, I just, I don't, I don't know if you want to go back and forth on this, but it's like, it was, if I'm Blake, Mm-hmm. And I'm here in this moment. Right. I realize, like, I don't really want to be part of this family. Right. That's what I was thinking, too. That's it's, an unfortunate position to be in. Yeah, it's not. At that point, it's no longer about, like, do I love Katie? It's like, do I really want to see this family at Thanksgiving and Christmas every year until I slowly die? Like, yeah, and they tell me I mean nothing every year. <laughs> Look yeah. in my eyes. Oh, my God. They, they Like, this explains Katie's avoidant attachment and why, to me, this, like, made sense why she couldn't give greg what he wants as greg having like an anxious attachment like they both definitely struggle with insecure attachments but being on you know kind of a different side of the spectrum like if that was your aunt and like that was your mom that's how they treated you and that's how they talked to you like katie's 30 years old right and they're talking to her like she's 16 like that's not right that's a great point too you forget that's not a healthy or safe environment for her to express herself in, for her to have her own feelings, for her to have her own life. Like that makes you avoid it. That makes you, you don't really want to open up. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I I know I dated a girl once who she also was like a very avoidant attachment. And she's like, I know four things about my dad and you know them too. (laughs) There's like, he likes to sit on the couch. Yeah. She's like, he likes to sit on the couch. He likes to watch TV. He doesn't mind my cat and he doesn't like his job. And those, she's like, those are the four things I really know about my dad. And like that made that, like when you have that type of like emotional unavailability, 
in your home life like of course she's not going to understand greg when greg is like having big feelings trying to express them where he kind of doesn't always do it and then gets you know in in his eyes he gets shut down like it makes a lot of sense to me it makes a lot of sense to me too and like that was really well said thank you i know no that's a great point i thought it was uh, i thought like we start here what was katie thinking having her aunt come on because we both know, yes, we yes. Both know that there are certain aunts that we would not bring on to the show. That's so funny. Like this. Okay, this is my point. Is like, um, like this is what we played this game the last couple weeks. Like we were like, all right, yes. who would you bring to your hometowns? Imagine that these are the two people you have to bring. Like yeah. this is your best. Yeah. Like yeah. this is. Your- <laughs> this is it. This is That's it. So- like. Funny. These are my two safest. Oh my god! What do we not see that like made like made Katie this way? And so this is my hot take, and I don't know if it's going to make it on the pod. It might get deleted. But why? (laughs) I think, in my opinion, the two winners, absolute winners of this season and of this episode, are Justin and Katie's biological father. Because he never had to deal with those women. And I think both of those men leave this season, leave the situation. They're the winners of Bachelorette season three. I, I just, I, we talk, we always talk about toxic masculinity, but we, there's never anyone that says anything about like toxic femininity. And yeah. what the mom is like kind of bringing in there when she, she won't even refer to Blake as his name. She calls him the beard. Like she dehumanizes this person. I think De- that was the aunt though. That was the aunt. Yeah, I'm talking about the aunt. You said the mom. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about the aunt. Like, she calls him the beard. She says, like, hey, we don't need a man. Like, she's – what if – yeah, you don't need a man. But what if Katie wants one? Exactly. a relationship? What if Katie, like, wants a partner to share life with? And, like, she's, like – the aunt goes through and systematically, like, tears down Blake constantly through his experience – which in turn, and in the same way, she does the same thing to Katie, where it's like, this is yeah. a big deal for her. This is her bachelorette season. And this is her, you know, fiance now. Like Exactly. Well, that's, that's so right. Research. Her aunt was like projecting. I mean, first of all, her aunt's clearly been hurt. Who hurt yes. her aunt? You know, and so she has 10,000 walls up and it's obvious from yeah. jump. And then she just goes in on the attack on uh Blake but I did think it was really funny though when she was like Blake was like he could tell from uh her previous season that they were really alike and the aunt was like so you because what you have a vibrator too that shit was funny see but that's call her a bitch or whatever that shit was funny okay and I disagree (laughs) like I disagree like I get the humor behind it M but like in my world I'm seeing that as like this is her slowly undercutting a man by making jokes. Her response to like, where you work? What are you doing? Like, she's like kind of like slowly undercutting him to the point where it's like making him feel bad about herself. And I saw her do that with Katie, where she's just like, so why this? Why the beard? We don't need a man. Like she's, her, her jokes are undercutting these people's worth and like what their feelings are and what they're experiencing here. And I was like, this is really upsetting and really toxic. No, for sure. And it's like weird that she even thinks that her opinion matters that much or like her approval matters that much. Like that's what's gross to me too. Like it's your aunt. 
no offense, but like, I'm not living my life for my aunt. I'm not like dating, getting engaged to a guy because he meets all of my aunt's standards. Like, what the fuck is that? I mean, apparently it's her number two person in life. Oof. So I, there, there's that. I don't know how to process and deal with that. I'm sure she doesn't. You're right. It's like, because I even I was trying to look at it from perspective of like, Katie must have not known. Like, I don't know why. Because even as I'm saying this, I, I can't believe it. But it's like, Katie must have not known her aunt was this terrible, right? And it's like, but of course she does. Of course she knew that. Does she? I mean, like, you you normalize a lot well, of I mean, things. I, I was thinking, on. I was giving her the benefit of the doubt, thinking like, oh, she must have just, this was a mistake, her bringing her aunt. And watching this back, she'll realize that. But then I just right now was thinking about it. And I was like, Billy, we know who in our family we're not bringing. Yeah. On the Bachelorette. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, especially because, like, she's a she put Blake through this. She put Blake through this by inviting yeah. her aunt. Yeah. She doesn't have a good enough relationship with her mom where her mom just, like, brought her aunt that she knows is a bitch and is, like, going to be hard yeah. on her daughter. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so like, funny. Are- I can see our mom doing that. I can see our mom being like, all right, I'm going to bring this girl because she's mean and I'm going to look really good. <laughs> that's actually funny. Wow, that's I can see mom being that intelligent and be like, this is going to be great. I love it. I thought it was funny too because one of the first things the aunt said was like, they have different, they live in different countries. They have different jobs. Like, it won't work. I'm like, since when do you have to have the same job? As your significant other for it to work. In my experience, having the same career as a significant other turns really poorly. Like, that's not anything you want. I was like, that's just such a hilarious thing to say. And meanwhile, she's being so judgmental. And it's like her criteria doesn't even make sense. Like, this is why you can't listen to other people, guys. This is what we're always telling you. Yeah, no. You can't listen to other people besides us. Right. We're, (laughs) as always, like, we are quite literally the only factual well we're one we're the only bachelor podcast recap in the world and we're all and we're also the only one with all of the facts every time facts every time (laughs) that's our motto all the facts every time don't don't forget that i mean it just makes me worried i mean to me just watching the way her family treated her it 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 built her character for me it kind of filled in some gaps it made me understand her a lot more um especially with like at the end when she goes after greg like she's she comes from a family of i am woman hear me roar and mm-hmm. in a to a point where you know it's almost unsafe for her to to kind of be her own person or have her own way i i yeah. just i was it really ate me up i kind of felt like really upset watching this to be honest mm-hmm. this was one of the few times i was like shit mm-hmm I was like, ugh. I think I want to touch on what you said too about saying that it was like a toxically feminine environment. And I think that you're correct because I'm a feminist and I think that the uh, the sexes should be treated equally. And I think that equality doesn't look like women not allowing men space to share their emotions and not and like the things you were saying too where it was like she was like what's your job what is your plan to like do this and it's like that shouldn't be really what you care about you should be like so how do you feel about my niece yeah and like trying to make him feel comfortable because clearly this is someone important to your niece and like that she's bringing into your family like those should be your concerns yeah Um, 
which makes me think about what else in Katie's life has she had people that are like kind of getting onto her about like you know where she's she's like I want this thing matters to me this is an important she thing feels like she has to prove herself yeah oh that's a good point that would play that it plays into everything she does exactly she feels like she has to prove herself yeah she, she feels like she has to- her relationship to her aunt and that she's like ready even though she's 30 years old yeah and she feels like she needs to be another like a Hannah Brown with everything she does it has to be really dramatic and empowering and it's it's just, I, it's not the Katie I, I I think we were pitched. Frankly. I agree. I no, I totally agree. I don't think she's who a lot of people thought she was at all. But I think um I thought it was crazy too that Katie's talking to her mom and her and she says to her mom, "Well, we're not about to get married and have kids." Then why are you talking about an engagement if you're not about to get married? Yeah, I know. I was like, wait a minute. Did she just, like, yeah, you just like a slip, girl. Like, what are you talking about? I was like, isn't that the whole purpose of this? Isn't this why you were like... They put that in for a reason. And you're like, why Greg's not here? Because you're like, well, I could pick two people and I kind of want to get engaged after this. I don't want to be the bachelorette that doesn't get engaged. Like, I don't know. Not a good look. Not a good look. It was fucked up, I thought, how um, how the aunt was talking about him. You mean nothing? What makes you want the beer? Yeah, it was fucked up. I can't believe how well Blake handled it, especially because, like, when you're under that attack like that and you're under the spotlight where it's not a comfortable place to go out and be like, well, right now I'm unemployed is not a position of power. No, That yeah. is not a good place. That's not a place I ever want to be, especially be like, I'm, I'm unemployed and I kind of want to spend part of my time in Africa. Right. <laughs> like, he, he doesn't back down on who he is and try to spin it into something else. Like, right. I, admired, I admired that. That took a lot of strength. That was... I was thoroughly impressed that he was able to like do that. Cause I, that is just such a hard situation to be in. He handled it very well. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, I can't imagine like seeing Justin or Greg in that position. I think that would have been, they would have had a way harder time with that. See, and that's the thing is like, I kind of feel like we were robbed of seeing Justin in that position. Cause imagine that woman, imagine that woman talking to Justin, Justin wouldn't have taken that. No. I think Justin would have been like, excuse me. Do you want to yeah. talk? Do you I was- said it all. Did I do something to you, ma'am? I mean, that's like what I would have said to her. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, did I stab you in a past life? Because I don't know why this attitude is coming at. Did I hit your dog on the way in here? What? How did you read my mind? I was literally about to say that. <laughs> I hit your dog when I pulled into your house. Yeah, like, because and if I did, I'm like sorry. That. Like, my buddy Blake's an outdoorsman. I'll take you to him and he can help do some initial. Yeah, I know what I'm God, it, it didn't make sense. That's so funny. That's great. I thought it was interesting too. Katie tells her mom that she, when she first knew she was like into Blake was when he told her that he would be gone for like months at a time and he needed someone who was like, okay with that and had her own thing. And she was like, yeah, that sounds like ideal. I was like, so that's your ideal as a person who's just gone a lot of the time. Yeah, no, for real. And I was like, well, that probably stems from like, if the people you're around growing up aren't safe, you just want a little bit of like reassurance and then you want them gone because opening up too much, being too vulnerable, being around unsafe people makes you want to hide, makes you very avoidant. And- that's so funny because I was going to say though, like it's as much as that stood out to me as weird. I was like, oh, I relate to that. So, <laughs> And I have an avoidant attachment style. So yeah. But, yeah. Um, Am I wrong? No, that's true. 
It's very true. I would be okay with that, but that's not necessarily the thing that's like, oh, I want this person because they specifically leave for long periods of time. And that's like, you know what I mean? It just like. That's funny. Like your first point when you're attracted to someone isn't right. Going to be gone a lo- for a long like, period of time. Like, I don't know. You're going to have to deal with him a lot. Yeah. Like I need my own space for my boyfriend more than a lot of people probably do, but I don't even, I don't, I wouldn't want to be away from him for a month. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine being away from my person for more than 48 hours. So I don't, <laughs> to me, I'm just like, oh, she's very available. Yes, here I am. Give me attention. That's what's so funny, too, is because like Billy and I have different attachment styles, even though we were from the same household. And like, not to just like, um, you know, I don't want to like talk more about it than like you're comfortable with. But I just think it's interesting because I can, like, since I have a similar, more similar attachment style to like Katie. People were saying, like, the clinical um, therapist that I heard talk about the situation with Katie and Greg were like, yeah, people who are avoiding are going to sympathize with Katie more. People who are anxious will, like, sympathize with Greg more. But I think I was able to see, like, I was still just, like, resonating more with Greg. Yeah, I, I listened to that. And I was like, this confuses me. Like, I was like, Emma's pretty avoided, at least from the Emma I know. And, like, n- none of this was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely agreeing with Katie here. Like, I, yeah. Greg's story was more of a sympathetic that being said I do want to acknowledge like on the pod that like there were I was overwhelmed by how many people were really triggered by Greg's actions yeah and that like if you were one of those people you're loved and your feelings matter and like I'm sorry that whatever happened to you happened you didn't deserve that and um that it was not about you it was about that person who had something within themselves that they were working on and I hope you find healing and I hope you find peace and whatever you went through. But it, I, I, I still like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I might be just outing myself here as a resident piece of shit. But like, I just, there was nothing I saw Greg do that overwhelmed me to the point of being like, he's an absolute horrible person. Like there was nothing that people were, yeah, go ahead. these people were completely blameless. Like, I think it's very important that I was like, yeah, there are things they both could have done better, but like, I, I just don't, I don't see that Greg's the malignant narcissist. It, it's not there. <laughs> no, I agree. I think people can have like miscommunications and can also communicate with each other poorly and badly and it not be like a, a pattern of abuse. Yes. And I think, yeah, people can like, say things that are hurtful to other people that aren't like necessarily even mean. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the truth is just hurtful. Yes. And, you know, sometimes you just don't get what you want from somebody and it hurts you. But that doesn't mean that that person was being mean to you or abusive to you. Right. Especially so, if it's, like, a boundary, like, that someone yeah. needs. Like, it could hurt your feelings that you have to call somebody bef- or text someone before you call them. Like, it could hurt your feelings that someone's like, hey, I need... Uh, I, I can't be completely available all the time. I need to like have, you know, some structure to when we have our time together and that's not, I'm not constantly available and that can make you hurt. Cause you might think about that person all the time, but that's not mean. That's not absence of love. Like it's just a boundary for that person to take care of themselves and do what they need. I, what I saw in my perspective is I saw Greg setting a boundary saying like, I don't want to propose twice. You know, she has her boundary. She's like, I'm not going to tell you I love you. She doesn't communicate her boundary to him. He communicates yeah. his boundary of, 
I don't want to propose twice. I'm at this point where it's like, you should know. And he is honest at the end. He's like, I kind of wanted to know. Like, and, you know, he was right in leaving eventually. Like, the card showed out that he was right in his assumptions. But, like, him saying, this is my boundary. If you can't meet my boundary, I'm not here isn't abandonment. That's not, like, yeah. a narcissistic move. That's, hey, man, sometimes your boundaries are going to clash. And the things you need in a relationship aren't the things someone has to give you, which is why you break up. Right. And Before also, it gets too, toxic. Like- no, yeah, I feel like that's kind of what I was saying, too. And then I feel like also, like, too, like, the Katie later on, too, talked about, like, cited him, like, walking away from him, her as, like, not a man and as, like, the abusive moves. And I was like, mm, sometimes the best thing to do when you're upset is walk away from people. And, like, sometimes that's also, like, the most mature thing to do. And that's what I even said last week where she was, like, running up to him and his body language was screaming, like, I need space. Like, don't touch yeah. me. And she immediately mm-hmm. touched him put herself on the ground looking up to him put herself lower to him but i want to like kind of finish up the rest yeah, of I, know, I was gonna say let's talk let's talk about katie's uh katie and blake doing the fire and stuff and then yeah so yeah oh, god okay so yeah they have this zabumafu ritual and <laughs> i thought it was like a sad clown hooker i loved it it was, it was yeah. so funny <laughs> I thought I, it was so stupid and weird and like it was what? it would scare the fuck out of me. I loved how you can notice like they're in New Mexico. Blake is just kind of wearing like a blazer and Katie's wearing a big ass coat. I was like, this woman is fucked in Canada. She is not gonna do well. Sure. She's in New Mexico crazy. wearing a coat. Yeah, She's I noticed that trouble. too. She was like shaking. I was like, this these poor people are literally so cold. They do not want to be out here doing this dumb shit. They were like, this is like a healing ritual. We're going to burn this giant statue of Chris Harrison. And then we'll all be free. I'm honestly pretty sure though that that like the bachelors just like Googled like what like a uh, spiritual curses and then they like told them it but it was healing ritual and like when it burned they like put a curse on their engagement yeah oh yeah or they put a curse on their engagement or chris harrison's like career in, in entertainment they're just like That's my theory we treated them so it's like the curse doesn't go back on the producers it actually goes back on blake and katie it didn't seem like a positive thing right you're like burning this giant scary cloud <laughs> yeah i i this supposed went- to be romantic me and my fiance will never burn a giant scary clown. Paper mache clown. I just, that's my boundary. I won't do it. That's and that doesn't boundary. make me a malignant narcissist. I just, if that's what she wants to do, I am not willing to do that for an engagement. Not at all. It was so weird. Like, what a weird, like, final date. I love that we, that we get the forced Tasha's calling Neil Lane, FaceTiming him. And then Neil Lane isn't the one helping Blake. It's Tasha's yeah. helping him. Like, imagine your ex-girlfriend helping you pick out the ring for your fiance. Like that, that blows my mind. Like, like I was like, this is so weird. Like, how is how is this happening? I would be so uncomfortable with this. It was like, hey, we were dating six months ago, and now you're helping me choose a ring for my fiance. I, I, yeah, weird, weird. It just happens like that sometimes, you know. Tasha notices Blake is about to throw up while picking out the rings, and she's like, dude, what's going on? It's pretty clear that he's like not ready to propose. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, imagine you met Aunt Becky, and <laughs> now you're like, I have to do this. Like, I. It's so telling. She didn't even tell her family that she was engaged. Did you catch that? Yeah, she states, I did. I didn't tell my family. Like, no one knew we were engaged. I was like, well, yeah, of course you didn't tell anyone. I wouldn't want anyone to know. I wouldn't want these people in on that secret. 
Aunt Becky yeah. would have sold it. She sold that to TMZ in a second. Reality Steve would be all over that. Imagine if Matt James had to meet her family. She would have never been the Bachelorette, I feel like. Oh, God, no. No, they would have gotten torn to shreds. Are you ready to oh. talk about Are you ready to talk about when they actually propose? I thought, yeah, I thought Katie looked like something about it. It's when I see Katie walking around in this like ball gown, it just felt silly to me. Like, I feel like it usually feels like, you know, oh, it's the big moment. But it was just like, I don't know if it's because she's short, which I am too. Or she's if it's her. She's six. Oh, so she's much taller. She than she's short. She is five foot six. She looks smaller than like, I, I don't know. She they looks short. She's a cast of man that's below six foot tall. <laughs> yeah, she's four Asshole. Tall, so never mind. <laughs> but she just looks silly. She looked like, I don't know, like, maybe it's just because the finale was so weird. And it just yeah. felt. Force, but I was like, this doesn't feel like exciting. This feels like this weird thing where this girl is like dressed up in a overdressed in the middle of the desert. Like, it was weird because Blake's makeup looks so much better than hers. If that was the thing that got me, is like his blush was so much better than hers. If you notice, notice the blush too. Yeah, I was like, what happened? Yeah, someone fucked her up on the blush. That was applied wrong. (laughs) It was not blended. It was too low. I think. Um. Oh. My God, that was bad. Um, they just did her dirty at every turn. Yeah. Maybe she insisted on doing her own makeup. I mean, we know, Katie's a black, we know Katie's a blackout throw up drunk. Like, maybe she got drunk and did her makeup again. Who knows? Katie is her own worst enemy. Oh, of course. I, I mean, so, I believe who, that. Very few of us are there, are not their own worst enemy. I was out her with this blush, and it's her. She's like, I did my own makeup and dressed myself. We're like, yeah, we know. See, and that's my thing, is because, like, Katie talks about on Nick Viles podcast when she came on early on, she's like, you wait, there's a villain worse than Thomas. And she comes out and it turns out this whole time, the villain was Katie. (laughs) This whole time. She's the villain of her own story. Exactly. There doesn't need to be a hero. There's just a villain. And at the end of the day, sometimes the bad guy wins. We told you guys, you always end up hating the lead by the end. At least we do. And I think that's how it should go. Yeah. You should never like the more you get to know someone, you should like them less and less. <laughs> but that's um, I don't I thought they cut it so it seemed like she was on her way to well, they had to have, but like they cut it so it seems like she's on her way to get engaged while he's like picking out this ring and like jeans, considering yeah. leaving. I yeah. thought that was like not helpful to her, you know, like it doesn't make her story look great. You know, yeah. does it make her, her, it look like, you know, Blake was really ready for that. Mm-mm. I That's mean, a good point. Was, I missed that. And it already didn't seem like she was either. It's, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Katie says, as soon as Blake gets up there, I always dreamt of getting engaged in the pottery section of Hobby Lobby. This is mm-hmm. a dream come true. There was, she expresses her deep undying love for Blake, which seems odd. There was such an awkward long pause between Katie's speech and Blake's and they played like the awkward music. And then Blake is like not even looking at her and he's like, I can't give you what you came here for. And then he has another pregnant pause and then he goes, because you deserve more than that. And yeah. it was like oh my terrible. God. Yeah, I do. It, was just, it was terrible because A, it just doesn't sound right. And B, it's like, it was clearly to me i felt it was more like a fake out and i was like what don't you shouldn't try to fake out your fiance right <laughs> to like when you're proposing on tv and she's not sure you're gonna propose like well not I'm, thinking, very nice. 
I think this like goes to show who he is and why they're compatible because he's playing the game that Agreed. he gave that to the producers. I agree with that. It's like, this is for my roommate. Who's one of the producers. Like I'm going to put this line in here and say this so that you can tease that for a couple weeks. And exactly. like, I it was like, they, they, to me, it shows how suitable they are. They both took the process and the show like way too seriously to the point that even in their proposal, they're like, all right, well, this is, this is going to make a commercial. This is going to be like right before the commercial break. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that's why they're compatible too. And I think that's why we'll see them dating for a while. Yeah. And that's what it felt like to me too. I was like, he did, like, did this for the producers. The producers told him to say that. And that's kind of weird because it seemed like Katie was a little worried and like, it was just annoying. Cause I like knew he was going to propose anyways. So I was like, yeah. don't, there's no point in you faking it sound like that. Okay, now, the moment we've been waiting for. <sighs> Bullying 101. I felt like Greg came out when he was there without Katie and was very respectful about her. He said, yeah. like, you know, he was grateful for her regardless of anything else because she'd shown him, like, that he could be happy. And so, like, he was nothing but, you know, PR friendly. It seemed pretty vulnerable. And nice. It seemed. I. I. I thought it was. It was genuine. I thought this was true to who he is. And I. I just to me, this is another example that like shows who Greg is, shows who Katie is. Like he is again. Like she's the bachelorette. She's in power. They're in a room after the final rose with a room full of women. Like you know, yeah. at the end of the day, like a room full of women. He's there and he's he's quiet. He's not raising his voice. He's calm. And talking to her as she's attacking him and saying very, very incorrect and mean things to him. Like, it just, it was so telling. And this is, again, another situation why I don't understand how there's so much anti-Gregness in this world. Um, Mm -hmm. it, It didn't make sense to me. Like, Katie appears to me to be the girl that's like, goes to a therapist and the therapist is telling her things about herself that she doesn't like to hear. So she goes and finds another therapist. Hmm. Like Katie's yeah. a girl that like gets on Instagram and TikTok and finds like wellness things. Katie's the girl that you get in a fight with. And then she goes to Twitter or Instagram to tweet out something that makes her sound good or look good. Like, uh, I totally agree with that. Yeah, she yeah. would do that. Do you want to do you want to go ahead and talk about this? Because this is this is something that's really bothered me. Um, I've been this is something that like has been bothered me for kind of about two years. Um, because I was first exposed to the term gaslighting in 2013. Um, gaslighting, to my understanding, gaslighting is not in the DSM. Um, it's not a it's not actually a symptom of uh, NPD, narcissistic personality disorder. And it, it basically comes from a, a play in the 1940s where a gentleman is trying to convince his wife that she's crazy. And so while they're in their living room, he will turn the gaslight up, making the room brighter and hotter. And the wife will be like, is it, is it hotter in here? Is it brighter? And he's like, no. And then he'll systematically like turn it down so that it's darker and colder. And she's like, is it colder or darker in here? And he's like, no. So he's like systematically doing a process to deny her her reality to make her think she's crazy. And I've struggled because this was the understanding 
of gaslighting as I understood it and as I was taught by my therapist and my research that I've done is that gaslighting is a systematic process of doing things to deny someone their own reality. So like in, in the example that comes to my mind is like when you're a kid and you're going to go outside with your dad and it's snowing and you say, your dad says, it's cold outside. And you say, no, you need to put on a coat. And you're like, no, dad, I'm not cold. I don't want to put on a coat. And so then he takes you outside without your coat on. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize I needed a coat. Like I'm cold. Like, can I please get a coat? I'm cold. And you're like, no, you're not cold. You're not cold. You're not cold. And you have to stay outside in that cold because they are trying to systematically like tear down your understanding and your perception of reality. It is not an isolated event. It is yeah. not a disagreement. It is not like a one moment in time. It is a, it's not a misunderstanding. Of it's not a miscommunication. It's yeah. purposeful. It's over a period of time. It's a pattern purposeful intentional lying for a particular end yes and i don't know i will like cut around this so you let me know um i don't we don't have time to explain mine and billy's experience with gaslighting yeah be careful yeah be careful i don't really let's not name names or talk experiences i don't want to get sued but we're not naming names but this is all i want to say was that me and billy have um you're correctly it comes from a play um i wanted to share that because i've never gotten to use my theater degree but it's fine i'll just never use that but (laughs) it's yeah it's an extreme form of manipulation that can induce mental illness or justify commitment to a psychiatric institution this man was trying to get his wife put into an institution so that he could have her inheritance so that's the purpose it's a manipulative process to get somebody to literally not trust themselves to a point where they can't tell up from down they can't tell east from west they don't know what is reality because someone has warped their reality over time this is something that happens um i don't know how to talk about this really yeah this is hard because also i do like neither of us are licensed healthcare professionals we are not we are not i'm not even a mental health professional i'm barely a dental professional but but i have had experience with these things um i don't think going to therapy makes you an expert however i think there there's this confusion because i think it's very easy with the access to information now especially with how i don't know what everyone's you know timelines look like but my tiktok and my instagram timelines like have a lot of things that are like do you want to talk about gaslighting? Do you like, what is uh disorganized attachment? What is like these different types of emotional abuse? Like, what does it look like? And I think it's very important to not always label people and things because it really does devalue it when it becomes so thrown around when people don't understand what gaslighting really is. And just anything can be gaslighting. That's problematic. And that's my big issue with Katie is that she is using a very big word with big consequences to describe her disagreement with Greg to, you know, almost like devalue his feelings or his perspective or his actions. And his reaction. Yeah, I agree. I wanted to say, all I wanted to say about our experience with that is that me and you have experienced a similar form of gaslighting to the original concept of the term. 
Yeah. And so for people who actually have experienced something similar to the plague gaslight, imagine how frustrating it is to see someone like Katie just throw up an Instagram slide that says like, so you want to talk about gaslighting after her breakup with Greg? Like that was so frustrating to me and so upsetting. And then just because, yeah, this term has, like, it's odd to see it come up sometimes. But it's not an individual action of, you know, a one press conference. It's the fact that it is a continual pattern of behavior that, and it's a process. Like, that's the important thing that, like, I would hope people would take away and go do their own research and learn about because it's, it, 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 it was not what you saw. And even if you are really upset and triggered by what Greg did and you don't think the way he reacted was acceptable, what he did was not gaslighting. And right. it's very important that you don't continue that, 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 that narrative. That narrative. It, it is a little harmful. Um, it, is, it, is, it is really harmful. And here's like something I was writing about the other day. And I think it goes along with this. It's a very Christian ideal that all sins, for lack of a better word, we can call them transgressions. We can call them mistakes from a secular point of view, but um, it's a Christian ideal that all sins are equal in God's eyes. And that's a really dangerous idea because it's not true. And common sense tells us that that's not true, right? Your emotion tells you that that's not true. When your friend um, breaks something of yours on accident, you're not as mad at them as if they slept with your boyfriend on purpose. All mistakes are not equal. Or, right? you your, or you slept with their boyfriend on accident. Either way. Accident. Either way, you know, you're going to be more mad about one than the other, right? right? That's your common sense. That's your own emotion would tell you that all mistakes, all sins, all grievances, they're not equal. And I think um, that's what uh, is bothering me about Katie and about like the media. I think the media in our country pushes a similar narrative where all mistakes are equal. And we saw people like Aziz Ansari being compared to Harvey Weinstein, who raped every woman he ever came in contact with. You know, whereas, <laughs> like, these are very different similar, these are very different situations that, like, get lumped together. And then, like, but they're very different. Yes. And I think that's, like, the danger I see with Katie. I think Katie calling it gaslighting was her trying to take control of a narrative. Mm-hmm. I think that the um, it was clear from the editing that you know it wasn't fully in her favor, and that yeah. she like seeing like probably watching it back, she didn't like how she looked begging for him on her knees. That hurt her to see, and so she was like, "That's his fault. Like I need to attack him. He made me do that, and he made me feel humiliated." But my thought about that is that um, I feel like I'm about to I'm getting away from the major point I was making and getting into another point. But the point that I wanted to make about the all things aren't equal, like, I just don't think it's fair to call what the conversation between Greg and Katie abusive. I think abuse is like, I've heard clinical psychologists talk about abuse requires a pattern, like someone can be hurtful to you, someone can use really mean words to you on one occasion. And that can be inappropriate and wrong. And you can decide to never associate with that person ever again, because you have a boundary of not being violated like that, like you have every right to do that. But does not mean that that person's been abusive to you? It doesn't mean that that's like specifically abuse. And I don't think that he did use any language that was abusive towards her. I think he was just honest. I think he stated his boundary. I think he was correct. <laughs> also, I think he was right that 
if she wanted him, she would have left. I think that's the whole thing where Katie's argument against Greg doesn't make sense to me either. Like, I don't even understand why she still wants to be upset with him. Cause I'm like, it, it I just feel like happy. You're supposed to be engaged. Yeah. Her whole argument collapses on itself when she turns around the next day and tells Blake, she's so in love with him because yeah. it's like, what she do you mean? Like, you were, and like, you, were, you were available for that emotionally the next day, but you were begging for with another man, but you were begging this man. Yeah. Without using those same words to oh stay and expected him to, like it doesn't make sense to me. And this is this is where I loved, like this is something Greg did that got a round of applause, and I was like, thank fucking god, because he just he brings up the point where she's like, "I'm the Bachelorette, like this is how it works. You have hometowns, and you gotta go meetings," and he's like, "I understand you're the Bachelorette, but we're, I'm a human being." And you being the bachelorette doesn't make your feelings are more important than mine in a relationship. Like, right. it doesn't make you a better or have more power in the relationship than it does me. Like, exactly. 50. And like in her world and in her mind, at least with the actions we saw, she didn't think that way. Right. She was like, if you were genuine, if you weren't an actor, if you weren't, if you were actually in love with me, then you would have stayed. And it's like, that's not like, you don't get to say that. And I appreciate Ooh. that Greg did stand up for himself and was like, I don't think that that's fair to say like because it is it wasn't fair to say it's not that's i thought katie overall was very unfair to greg in this moment she came out petty she didn't acknowledge him as she walked by him it she it came across that came across childish to me katie tells greg he was looking for an escape yeah she can't take any accountability for her own actions and like exactly it, it really bothers me because it, it, it just it was so gross watching her try to bully him on stage and like you know what is triggering to me is when people can't take accountability for their own actions also yeah. like personally like it triggers me when i see someone like do what katie's on and then act like like put it all on the other person because it's and this is also what's dangerous is like we didn't even state this before we got into the gaslighting thing, but Katie says, Katie tries to define gaslighting on the spot. And she says, gaslighting is when you, when someone tries to make someone feel like it's their fault. That's not what it is. No. And it is so, it's honestly disgusting. Like, I I don't want to use like an extreme word, but it is disgusting for someone who is not a clinical professional to try to just like throw out words like that. Yeah. Because to, to like hold your, like to make yourself look better or to like, well, if anything, it's to make the other person look worse. Yeah. Like she's trying to control the narrative and it's clear what she's doing. She's weaponizing those words against Greg. So exactly. That's the thing too. I don't like is she's weaponizing. I think, I think we saw the narrative turn when she posted that on Instagram and that really bothered me because like, I hate to have to agree with a man over a woman you know what I mean like I would way rather agree with the bachelorette but I'm just being honest about what I saw and I felt in gaslighting also it's like he would have to be lying (laughs) about what happened Mm -hmm. for that to be even possible and it's just like we I personally was so able to see his perspective and see that Katie didn't give him a very great good response and even if she had given him a great response, he still has every right to say that that wasn't enough for me. Just as much she has every right to tell him that, like, he's not enough for her. Right. I didn't like, because everyone, too, was, like, trying to say that he told her he deserved better than her. And it was like, that's not what he said. Like, they cut around it a couple times. But he said, I deserved more from on your end. Yeah. As in, like, I deserved more emotional, like, vulnerability from you after I gave you so much from my, me. And I think that's, like, like, how many girls would say that 
to a man. Right. And just feel Everyone. great about it. And be like, that was honest. They would be celebrating for that. If it was the if if a contestant on The Bachelor said to a man, honestly, I deserve more than what you had to offer, or I deserve more than what you gave me, she gets applauded into the next Bachelorette. She becomes hundred percent, hundred percent. She becomes they promote her, and they're just like, you came in eleventh. You're you're you, and now we're gonna like I like put you on a pedestal. Like we would be saying, go off, queen. Like pro, like the. If a, if a female, if, if a male bachelor said to one of the contestants, she a, a female contestant goes to him and says, my dad died and I haven't talked to anybody about it since it happened. And I just, I'm in love with you and I'm ready to move out to New York with you. And I, I'm very excited about our life. And I've told my family, and I just, I want you to know I'm in love with you. And that man looked her in her soul and said, I just love looking at you. That man would be tarred and feathered. That man would be exified. That man would be crucified on the cross and hung upside down to, to die because they, he would be called a, a, a pig. He would be called a misogynist. Like, uh, it doesn't. No, I completely agree. I, I completely agree. I think, yeah, if we didn't talk about it last week, but if that situation was reversed, the yeah female contestant would be the next bachelorette. I relate to Greg because I relate to shutting down. Like, I'm someone who it's very easy for me to emotionally, like, shut down. And I think I can really imagine how, like, and he's someone who does that too, clearly. He's not someone who opens up, uh, who would, like, open up ever, he was saying. So for the fact that he was so emotionally vulnerable and that he got such bullshit response from Katie, like, it does, the behavior does make sense. I think people, like, want to be like, oh, it was night and day with Greg. But, like, it's not a psychotic it, like every I watched um several different episodes with different clinical psychologists talking about this K- Greg and Katie thing and if you watch them like you'll see very similar analysis analyses where they're talking about which is funny because we already talked about this even a couple weeks ago that you had like figured out that uh Greg had an anxious attachment but they just say like this is like a typical like vulnerability hangover and you know Greg has an anxious attachment style and he needed more from Katie and he was probably going into like a fight or flight and he went to flight. Yes. Yeah, it's weird to me that Katie couldn't watch that back and see how she hadn't really given him the emotional validation that he needed in that moment. And like yeah. how she even now after choosing Blake, how she doesn't see how his perspective makes even more sense now. Yeah. That like he wasn't well, because that's what I didn't understand either. Cause like I was telling you last week, like if she knew it wasn't Greg, which she now tells us that she she did. She, a normal, like, nice person would have sent him home because yeah. it's like, why would you keep him till second place and then, like, what, let him propose to you and dump you after he's told you he only wants to do it one time and you're the love of his life and you filled a hole only his dad had filled previously yeah. that's dead? Yeah. Like, what, you were gonna, you wanted to dump him at the altar? Was that what you were? Yeah. Like, you're sick. Like, what's wrong with you? And you're gonna, and then you're gonna humiliate him on national television because he didn't, like, take that? Like, fuck you. I don't fuck with Katie, y'all. Can you tell? Can you tell? I think she really told on herself. And I think you have to look back at this whole season with that perspective now. Like, when when Thomas comes on Bachelor in Paradise, you have to give him a chance. Because, like, realistically, all he said that, like, she gave on Nick Files' podcast is that he was mean to Trey. And, like, at the end of the day, I would be mean to Trey. I don't like, like, Trey deserves to be mean to. Trey. You should be mean to Trey. You should be mean to people who lie. That's you know, I was gonna say, you know what, Trey, you know what Trey and Katie have in common? 
What? They're both unreliable narrators. Yes, absolutely. I don't want any of them testifying for me. Not a reliable narrator. And that's how I feel about Katie. I feel like if we had heard about that argument from like Katie's side only, like we would hate Greg. And like, that's not the truth of the whole story. And I think that's the thing too, is like, it doesn't have to be a right. Who's right. Who's wrong. Like you're both wrong for each other. That was so clever of me. Yeah, no, it's clearly (laughs) you're both wrong for each other. But like, and I love to be as a pre as a recovering uh, Christian cult member. I love to make things not about right or wrong. It's kind of like my favorite thing yeah. is to just be make things not about that and to just make them more about like what's right for you. Yes. And it's, it's just like Katie didn't have to come at him with this angry, spunky, you know, Twitter energy. Yeah. She could have came at it like she could have just went about it differently. Like I just wish she would have been more classy and like, cause even like he really explained himself well, I felt like at the yeah, end and she excellent. heard him, but then she still tried to deny his feelings, which was like an attempt to deny his reality and act like she knows better than he does. And it's like, do you not realize that that's condescending? And that's mm-hmm. like, you know, rude. I didn't like how she yelled over him. Like, Oh, you don't want to apologize for that behavior. It's like, okay, here's my other point that I almost got into earlier about Katie. Katie to me, I think was really upset at how she looked as I did too. Mm-hmm. In the last episode, Katie put herself in that situation. As Eleanor Roosevelt once said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And no one can look down on you unless you get on your knees. And she didn't need to get on her knees and allow him to talk down to her because she put herself lower than him, literally. (laughs) Like, literally, she was upset with how that looked and how that felt looking back at it. And probably, I just think even more, just really didn't like the way it looked. Like, it's not the strong bachelorette, like, she was trying to come across as. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was taking that out on him. Meanwhile, like, he didn't ask you to get on your knees and beg for him. Like, he didn't make you do that. You did that. Even at the end, he says, like, I really hope you're, he's like, I hope you're happy or I hope you're doing well. And she, like, very condescendingly looks back and like, I hope you're happy, too. I, yeah, hope, you're happy. I hope you're happy, too. Yeah, he said, happy. I wish you nothing but the best. And, yeah, and she real snarkily was like, it was like, yeah, Katie's not genuine at all. Like, they, they confuse, like, genuineness with, like, yeah. having an attitude, I think. Right. There really is no right or wrong except for the fact that like Katie showed a lot of problematic behaviors and my man and my man Greg is innocent. But <laughs> that's obviously a jest. But what I really want to say, I'm gonna get on my soapbox for just a little bit, is that like what we saw in this episode, what we saw this season is a lot of people with unresolved trauma. And yeah. I think that manifested in several ways. Uh, not even like you could see like Whoever Aunt, I keep calling her Aunt Becky, but whoever Aunt Becky was, like, there's definitely unresolved trauma there. And you saw as Katie was dealing with things, talking about her father, talking about her sexual assault, talking, you know, dealing with Thomas, dealing with Greg in this issue situation. Greg, like, talking about, you know, his dad no longer being around. Like, unresolved trauma that you don't work on, that you don't try to figure out, that you don't try to learn how to accept process and live the rest of your life with that scar manifests itself in the worst of human behavior and Mm -hmm. i think what like all we're seeing here is like 
just a bunch of trauma responses and everyone doing defense mechanisms and trying to protect themselves because they're clearly yeah. like haven't worked through their things. And this is something I always like about after, not after the final rose, but it's normally on like the men tell all or the women tell all. You can tell like some people have gone to therapy and they've learned how to deal with their experience and talk through things. And like, this is where my soapbox, if you saw what Greg was doing and it really triggered you, like, I hope you go and process your trauma and like maybe go to therapy, talk about it, work on it. If you saw things that were really upsetting with um, how Katie taught Greg and you're like, I, I related to this a little bit, like work through that trauma and process it because as much as this is a television show and the producers push you to the extremes of human emotion and human interaction, like those are real human feelings and they are relatable. And it's something that we all experience in our lives. And I don't know, I've been a Katie and I've been a Greg. And that's also because of my own personal trauma response. And I think what's important is to take moments like these where you see other people going through it and realize like, oh, I, I can sympathize and feel for those people and hope for their healing. But also whenever I see myself in one of those, try to take the time to figure out why and recover and take the time to work through whatever you have that's unresolved. Because if you don't, it will manifest itself like kind of like what you saw here. And even, you know, luckily none of us will have all of America watching us on ABC, but it will affect someone. And even if it just affected your Katie or if it just affected your Greg, it does matter. It's just like, dude, these people have so much unresolved pain that they're now just taking out on each other. And like, while, you know, Greg definitely didn't, I don't think he went as far as Katie did with taking out his pain on her. His, his response from getting shut down like that is clearly a trauma response from him opening yeah. up his unresolved issues with his father and mm -hmm. like, you know, opening up something unresolved and not getting met with the energy you put forth. Like that's why he, he shut down and you know, it's why she lashed out and go to therapy, read a lot of books, get, get your help. You were worthy. You were loved. There is no reason that the trauma that occurred to you has to continue to affect you and your relationships throughout your life. And I hope that in whatever happens in your guys's life, that you guys don't feel like you're being either a Greg or a Katie in these situations in life. Mm -hmm. And finding like stability within yourself so that you don't like aren't pulled yeah. into like chaotic situations by other people and other people's like emotions. Absolutely. We get into Katie and Blake at the end and I thought it was interesting. Katie said they never talked about rings because she and she specifically says she didn't want to assume ever that he was going to propose. I was like, what a weird thing to say, honestly. That was weird because he literally said that the first thing that was one of the first things he ever said to you. Also, you were, though, because also it's like, but also you're lying because you were assuming he was going to propose because it's the bachelorette and like what? You also said you were only going to say I love you to the person at the end. So you like they never talked about rings. They never talked about moving in together because I noticed that when he was talking to her family, he was like, yeah, we haven't actually talked about moving in yet or something. And I was like, that's weird. Like they just didn't seem prepared. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, I want to talk about that, too, because I'm like, how long did they even actually date before they got engaged? Like, I would love to know that because it feels like it was like, what, three weeks? Yeah. Like, what? It was, it was that's insane. Quick. And you I know. feel like it only moved that quick because everyone left. Like, everyone in her season self-eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> I, little telling. Yeah. I wanted to say that Katie lied, though, because Katie said 
earlier in this episode, she tells Caitlin and she tells during her ITM that she knew on that final date with Blake that she was in love with him. And then she says at the end of the show that after Blake says that he knew during hometowns, she says she also probably knew during hometowns. And I'm like, that doesn't add up because then why'd you do all the shit to Greg? Right. Exactly. Like you just, again, sh- like step, like put your fucking foot in your mouth. Like, did you know, if you knew it was Blake during hometowns and your hometown with Blake was before Greg, why did you put Greg through all this fucking turmoil at all? And like, mm. it just doesn't add up. It and doesn't that's add why, up. And that's why I can't like be on her side. Cause it's just nothing that she says is actually adding up in the way that she's like handling it. I really don't like. Mm-hmm. Also, like, my other point about um, I wanted to make about Katie was like, I think it's also telling that she just posted that um, slide. So you want to talk about gaslighting like pettily, like right after that episode and then like didn't do anything else about it. Like, are you actually trying to bring awareness to people who have been emotionally abused and who have suffered gaslighting? Or are you just trying to control a narrative? Because I didn't see her come out and be like, here's a hotline for people who have suffered emotional abuse or anything like that. Did she so, even come out and say, hey, I gave an incorrect definition of gaslighting? No, because she stands by what she says, I think. Yeah. And I think that's disgusting. I think it's, it's super inappropriate to know that you're not a clinical psychologist and to go on TV and give an uh, incorrect definition of gaslighting and accuse someone of it as they're like... Yeah. Again, Ooh, like at the bro. end of the day, there's three winners of this show. It's it's Justin, Greg, and Katie's biological father because neither of them had to actually deal with her. And I think that's the that's a big win for all of them. This it was not. I didn't like the gaslighting thing at all. Blake lost. Really upset. Blake's the loser of this season because he has to hang out with Aunt Becky. Also, she thanks Tasha again for introducing her to Blake. Like they can't drive that shit home enough. Yeah, which is bullshit. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Makes no sense to me. And Katie tells says that she didn't tell her family they're engaged. We talked about that a little bit, but I think it's funny because she said also she didn't trust them to keep the secret. Yeah, no, I would uh, absolutely. You're telling me your bet. That's your best aunt, your best aunt, and you're gonna trust her? Like, no, no, not one bit. I would have a hard time trusting you because I think you're gonna leak it in the pod. <laughs> if, I brought, if I brought you on the show, that would be hot tea. Yeah, but like you know, I think that says something too that she couldn't even trust her family to like keep that secret. You know, if you told me it was you know not to tell anyone, I wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah, my first impression roast of the week goes out to settling. I just love that both these two found each other because they both eventually settled for their third choice. Mm-hmm. Blake went through Claire and then Tasha, and finally third go around he gets Katie, and Katie went through Greg and Michael A, and then eventually it's Blake, and I just. I, I, at the end of the day, I think Bo Burnham said it best when he's like, Prince Charming would never settle for you. Like, <laughs> you, you really do. You really do. Like, you can't just expect this absolute perfect love story and the perfect life. Like, eventually, you kind of got to realize, like, maybe, maybe you settle a little bit. Like, hey, I like this person. They're not perfect. But you know what? I'm all right with who they are. And I just, I think it's really funny that both of them, uh, wound up settling not necessarily settling but both of them got their third choice I think that's hilarious I want to say this before we get off um I do love the feedback we get from you guys but the feedback I've gotten often is that I have horrible takes and that I'm always wrong and I feel like I need people to see how I brought up the anxious attachment weeks ago I brought up Blake winning the show weeks ago 
Like, I don't, I don't understand what I have to do for people to realize that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and maybe my, my takes, maybe my takes are actually kind of fire. Uh, but I'm going to give myself a pat on the back because those were two big things that have become like big things of discussion, especially the anxious attachment. Like that's on every podcast. And we brought that up like two, three weeks ago. So hell yeah. That's so yeah, true. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back and give the show a pat on the back because we're we're cutting edge. And if Katie loves you, all she'll give you is a pat on the back. Yes. <laughs> do, you buy, do you buy into uh, Blake and Katie's love story? I do. Um, I think that they both had they came on for the same reasons. I think mm-hmm. that they are very similar. I think they understand the game and what it can do for their life. And I am happy for them. Bring on Michelle. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Michelle. I'm ready to watch Paradise. So, so sad. I do have to tell you guys, we will not be recapping Paradise. I'm going to throw Billy right under the bus. I'm going to get him to the bus and run him over and reverse on him. It is <laughs> Billy. Billy wants to be a, you know, doctor or whatever. So he needs breaks sometimes and he has just a little bit left and then he's going to be a big doctor. So not a real doctor. We're going to Fortunately, I am a doctor and he's almost done with school. So we are going to take some time off during paradise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um and maybe we could do some like quick VIP stuff here and there, but I, I absolutely can't. I'm sorry guys. I have I have my second round of boards and then I have state uh, licensure stuff I have to do at the beginning of October. Ideally, though, like when Michelle's season starts, I think on October 16th, like we are perfectly set to go back every week. We will be back for Michelle's season. So fun recapping this season. Brush and floss. Thank you, guys. I love you all. I appreciate you. We'll see you after the final roast, okay? Please brush and floss.